0: It's time for Radio Church on 4CRM. Presented this week by Pastor Jeff Grant from Uniting Church in Serena.
1: Well, it sure is, Riley, and we want to wish Jeff Grant and all the dads out there a very happy Father's Day today. Jeff has chosen a song called God of Wonders by third day to kick off Radio Church this morning. So we're going to play that and then we'll hear from Jeff. Church, Welcome to Radio Church on 4 R N Mackay 107.5 FM I pray that you'll be blessed by God, our Heavenly Father as you join in the music and message that we have for you I'd like to begin with a brief word of prayer Our Father we praise you for all you are and all you've done We have joined together here in this broadcast to worship you Lord And may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to your word and to songs of praise. And to give us new insight and power in our relationship with you. In your blessed Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Dear ones, the Holy Bible says, referring to Jesus Christ, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And then let's begin with a song from Jeff Bullock, Refresh My Heart. Refresh my
0: heart My heart, you said. Spirit.
1: church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant. I'm continuing a series on spiritual discipleship and I've based these on the outlines and principles in the book of that name by J. Oswald Sanders. I had the great privilege of leading him in 1991. Uh, He died the year after that but he was speaking at a at a conference and I just happened to hear that he was there. I've read so many of his books over the years and he's been such a blessing to me and I hope this message today will be a blessing to you I have a message for you entitled Evidence of Christian Discipleship Uh, As we heard last time the word disciple is used 269 times in the New Testament whereas the words Christian and believer are only used 2 and 3 times each They were interchangeable back then, because to be a Christian uh, in the early church, you were a disciple, and to be a believer meant you were a Christian and a disciple. Uh, But now it's very different, because not every Christian or believer is a disciple. It's very clear in the Bible that God expects us, you and I, to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That is, to be learners, uh, to be obedient, and to be followers. So I want to share with you three principles from the Gospel of John, uh, from that book by J. Oswald Sanders, Spiritual Discipleship is called. Uh, and these principles indicate what it means to be a disciple. So evidence of Christian discipleship uh, is this message. See how this applies to you, as I do. The first part comes from John. They're all from the book Gospel of John, Uh Chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. This is the continuance principle. Uh, That is to say, the inward view of discipleship. And and it's a permanent continuance in the words of the Master. Uh, Just like a scholar uh, to the teacher or the professor uh, and this of course means uh, the whole entire range of Jesus teaching not not merely some of our favorite passages or verses or or pet doctrines it means to hold on to his teaching as our daily rule. It means to put his teaching and therefore his call in our life as the most important thing that we have. The important thing most important thing that we know, I read about Columba, who was an Irish missionary to Scotland in the 6th century. When he landed it from a tiny boat, he buried it on a Scottish beach. See, he was determined to be a missionary to the Scottish people, and he had no intention of going back. So the whole idea of the continuance principle is that you continue in the word of Jesus, uh, never going back from it, never giving up on it, continually learning new things and putting them into practice. Um, Did I mention that mound is still there today? So if you take a trip over to Scotland um, and ask around, you'll be able to see the mound of Columbus Little Boat on a Scottish beach. The same thing happened to James Hudson Taylor. I've read many books about him, including his own uh, biography, autobiography, and his journal. He founded the China Inland Mission in the 19th century. He's buried there in China along with his whole family, because he too, like many others, and I hope this applies to many people who are listening to this message, have this continuance principle of continuing in the words of Jesus, whatever they mean. A young woman at a missions conference uh, I read about held up a blank sheet of paper with her signature on the bottom because she said, "Um, I don't know what God has in store for me. But I've given him permission to to do whatever he wants with my life. Because I'm going to serve him and obey him and follow him. You know, some people set out to follow Christ on impulse without ever considering what what it's going to cost them. Uh, Because continuing in the words of Jesus is never an automatic thing. It is the actual result of uh, meditation, purposefulness and discipline. Now, now meditation—the uh, obvious and clear picture of meditation—is a is a cow or a ruminant like a camel chewing the cud. They swallow it down, and after a while they bring it up again, and they chew it again. And what it means to meditate is to think reflectively about what you're reading, with a view to put it into practice. So, a disciple with the continuance principle is someone who doesn't read the Bible. Just to get information. We read the Bible because it's a message from Jesus Christ to us as to how we are to live our lives. And Jesus said, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Because knowing the truth comes from obedience to Jesus, doing what he says in the same way that he was obedient to the Father during his earthly ministry. To know the truth and the truth will make us free. And Jesus said that if we do this, we are truly his disciples. Not just Christians, not just believers. You know, the, the Bible says that the demons and the devils, they believe. They're not disciples. They don't obey, they don't trust, they don't serve, they don't follow Jesus Christ. What are you thinking when you hear these messages, when you hear these words? How does the continuance principle apply to you we're going to pause for a moment and hear a lovely song by Steve Green He Who Began A Good Work In You Here's Steve This is and you're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM, Mackay 107.5 FM and I'm sharing with you a message called Evidences of Christian Discipleship we looked at the first one the continuance principle if you continue in my words Jesus said you are truly my disciples the second principle also in the Gospel of John is in chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 I'll read it to you Jesus is speaking. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. Dear ones, this is obviously the love principle. And this is the outward view of discipleship. The first one, the continuance principle, was the inward view. What we do within our own lives. This is the outward principle. And it concerns concerns what our life is accomplishing uh, for God in terms of love for other people. It's about our relationship with others. As Jesus loved, as He loved other people, and we read about that in the, in the New Testament, and as, he, as you know He loves you, so are we to love. He said, uh, Even as I have loved you, And Jesus' love was an absolutely selfless love. His greatest love was for the Father. He did not have a life of his own. Everything he did was because he loved the Father. And virtually everyone he met on this earth, uh, he told them the truth and he showed love. He showed love even to that young man who was very rich and who was obviously somebody of importance, who Jesus said, if you want to have... Uh, eternal life, go and sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and follow me and that young man went away with his head held down and it says in the scripture that Jesus loved him he couldn't avoid telling him the truth he had to tell him the truth he had to give up all he had because that money was his idol but Jesus loves you, he loves you uh, unconditionally in the same way that the Father loves him and the Bible says that the Father loves us the same way he loves Jesus. Not only was Jesus' love a selfish, a selfless, I should say, love, it was also a totally forgiving love. He forgave everybody. You know, the words, the first words from the cross were Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he taught his disciples uh, when that time when Peter said to him. Oh, you know about his brother Andrew, Lord. How 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 often must I forgive my brother? Uh, as many as seven times, and Jesus, no, seventy times seven, which basically means all always, unconditionally, eternally, forever forgiving. And dear ones, this is a big test of love, to constantly forgive people who offend you, who hurt you, and as in Jesus' case, you betray you who give up on you and turn their back on you can you forgive people who've done that to you because Jesus said that's a principle of being a disciple by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you've loved one another and the love he uses is the word agape meaning a sacrificial love and that's the third point Jesus' love was selfless it was forgiving and it was sacrificial what kind of love are you known as? Quite a few years ago, I met a lovely man who was about to become a bishop in the Anglican church. In fact, he was going to be crowned the bishop of the Torres Strait. His name was Ed Mosby. And I had a lovely time sharing with him at a pastor's uh, retreat one time. And he said to me, he said, Jeff, the higher up you get in Christian ministry in terms of responsibility, and authority, the greater your love needs to be. He was going to a divided church where there were tribal issues that went back centuries, just like there are in many parts of the world. And that dear man gave himself fully to that ministry. And it it only lasted a year when, uh, sadly, he passed away. But he taught me something about love which I've never forgotten. That we're called upon to love in high degrees, depending on the role that God has given us. You know, our love will always be based on our understanding of Jesus' love for us. And if you don't understand how much Jesus loves you, and, and absolutely bask in that love, you'll never be able to do the things God has called you to do. You'll never be able to love the unloving, You'll never be able to forgive people who hurt you because that's inevitable in this life. We're bound to get hurt or we're offended by somebody, sometime or other. And yet, the love principle remains. It's the new commandment, and by this all men will know that you're my disciples. Isn't that fascinating? We are known as disciples of Jesus Christ primarily by the fact that we have love, forgiveness, in a selfless and sacrificial way towards other people. I'm going to stop now and offer you a song from Kenny Rogers, of all people. Love Lifted Me. Here's Kenny Rogers. I write myself a certain song
0: Get the whole world to sing along a love song.
1: Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. And I'm sharing with you a message called Evidences of Christian Discipleship. We looked at John chapter 8, 31 and 32, and Jesus said, If you you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's the continuance principle. And then we read John 13, 34, 35, A new commandment I give to you, Jesus said, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. Dear friends, it's no good claiming to be a Christian, or a believer, or even a disciple, if you're not known as someone who loves. If you're not recognized as a loving person, a forgiving person, who sacrifices for others. But there's the third principle here in this lovely book I'm sharing from called Spiritual Discipleship by J. Oswald Sanders. And that is the fruit principle. And I'm going to share and read to you from John 15, verses 7 and 8. Jesus is speaking. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. By this My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Beloved, this is the upward view of discipleship. It concerns what our life is accomplishing for God through his power, his influence in us. To be a fruitless disciple of Christ is a contradiction in words. There's no such thing. You can't be a disciple and be fruitless because that's that is an absolute sign, a proof that you are a disciple. The true disciple of Jesus has a fruitful life. And this fruit is for God and his glory, primarily, first of all. And then after that, for the benefit of those around us. And I have to say to you, or uh, share with you another scripture from John twelve twenty four, when Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So the precursor, the key to bearing fruit is to die to self. It's to give up all rights to yourself, to give up all authority over yourself, give it all to Jesus Christ who deserves it. That's why we call him Lord. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Because when we die to self, The potential of bearing fruit is there. And there's two specific kinds of fruit that Jesus is talking about. And this is evidenced by his own life. First of all, there is the fruit of character. Because Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit from his baptism onwards. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when he was tempted in the wilderness. Uh, We read about that in Matthew 4 and in Luke chapter 4. And he was able to use the word of God to to, to fend off every temptation that uh, a man man or woman can possibly experience. So Jesus Christ had this enormous fruit of character in his life. In his inner life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do do those words describe your life? Do they describe my life? I have to ask myself. You know, as we get older, we don't automatically become more Christ-like or more godly. That's still part of that continuance principle uh, of uh, uh, listening to Jesus' words and putting them into practice and practicing love for people and showing patience to them. Because Jesus had this character... He, he demonstrated the fruit of a, of a godly character. He was the ultimate example of godliness while he did on this earth. He told the truth. He told the truth when it hurt, but uh, that fruit was always there. But there's a second fruit that Jesus also demonstrated, that, and that's the fruit of service. After all, he said, I, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, But the will of him who sent me and he often said things like I only do what the father tells me to do and I only say what the father tells me to say everything Jesus Christ did was for the benefit for the glory of the father in heaven his father in heaven And, and we'll be known as disciples of Jesus when we have the fruit of service in our life and dear ones I have to say to you that uh, the ultimate fruit of service is unity. We, we serve as a unifying factor. We don't cause disruption. Uh, we don't fall out with people. We don't get, take umbrage at other people. We, uh, we bear fruit in service because we cooperate uh, with other people in serving Jesus Christ and impacting other people's lives. See, when Jesus went about preaching all these people began to follow him they gave up everything to follow him and part of the fruit of Christian uh, life is to lead other people to a faith in Jesus Christ and when people see the quality of our lives uh, that should really demand a question and people should be asking us why why are you like this why are you forgiving why are you uh, happy why are you joyful all the time uh, why are you real uh, what, makes this, what makes you tick and the obvious answer is that Jesus Christ uh, I've given him responsibility for my life I've surrendered my life to him he rules my life and I serve him for his glory and his name dear ones disciples of Jesus cannot be measured by their intelligence their education their speaking abilities or their attractiveness, or their sporting prowess. None of those things matter in terms of being a disciple. Because Jesus said the evidence will only be, first of all, in our persevering continuance to follow his words day after day. Denying self and trusting him and serving him with confidence and faith. Secondly, the evidence will be in our practice of love selfless, forgiving, sacrificial. It's, it's so obvious that some people are loving and some people are not. There are lots of people in the church who are not loving. And Jesus would say, um, people will know that you're not a disciple of mine because there's no love in you. There's no forgiveness. There's no mercy. There's no gentleness. And the evidence will be found in those lies which produce godly fruit in themselves, and in other people's lives. Beloved, may God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless your life and your service as you diligently pursue the life of a Christian disciple. Amen. And now I'm going to share with you a couple of songs from Robin Mark and Christian Stanfield. How Great Are You, Lord, from Robin, and In Christ Alone from Christian Stanfield. Here they are.
0: How great are the days?
1: to Radio Church on 107.5 FM for CRM Mackay. this ends our radio church broadcast on 4 CRN Mackay 107.5 FM and I'm going to sign off with my usual doxology now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our saviour be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and and forever. Amen. We close now with a final song of praise and a a song of inspiration actually from Matt Redman. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's been wonderful being with you and I look forward to our next meeting. Goodbye and God bless.